The Mayfair Theatre Podcast is sponsored by the House of Targ, a live music venue featuring classic pinball and arcade games, a tantalizing pierogi menu, and the best local and international rock, metal, punk bands, and DJs. Open Thursdays to Sundays. Visit them at 1077 Bank Street at Sunnyside, and for more information, go to www.houseoftarg.com. A perfect world. These are for you. Thanks, honey. They're beautiful. A perfect life. I would do anything for my girl. I love you, Lisa. I love you, Johnny. Surprise! He provides for you. Darling, you can't support yourself. I don't love him anymore. He didn't get his promotion. And he got drunk last night. And he hit me. It's not true. I did not hit her. Well, maybe you should have a girl, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I have one already. I don't know yet. We can't do this anymore. Johnny's my best friend. This will be our secret. Don't worry. You can trust me. Who we are expecting? <laughs> I'm your future husband. You sure about that? Please talk to me, please. You're having an affair with Lisa, aren't you? I need more from life than what Johnny can give me. She's a sociopath. She can't love anyone. There is no baby. I told him that to make it interesting. She's such a manipulative witch. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting our friendship. I treat you like a princess, and you stab me in the back. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Hey, Danny. Where's my money, Danny? Put the gun down. What the hell is wrong with you? Just shut up. Oh. Hey! Stop it up with this world. The Room. A film with the passion of Tennessee Williams, directed by Tommy Wiseau. The best movie of the year. Experience this quirky new black comedy. It's a riot. everybody to the Mayfair Theater Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Mel. And I'm Josh. We are now sponsored by two different people. Yes. Yeah. I want to remember to say that. So we're just going to have like 50 sponsors. That's all. Yeah, that's all <laughs> we're going to do. We're just, we're no just, more movies, just podcasts. <laughs> I just want to sell out. It's going to be like cigarettes and beer. And <laughs> we're going to be like the NASCAR of podcasts. Oh, it's going to be great. I'm all for that. <laughs> so we have House of Target, our neighbors across the street, which uh, helped which paid for the, the funds to, to do this, so I didn't have to pay for it, or Andrew didn't have to pay for it. Yeah. Uh, and who's our new sponsor? Audible.com. Audible. Which is audiobooks. Cool. Yeah. Which makes me feel like a big boy, because a whole bunch of podcasts that I listen mm-hmm. to are sponsored. I think I guess it must be one of their, their advertising campaigns, is to kind of sponsor podcasts and little podcasts. And yeah, there's like a that. link on our site where... There's an Audible link on our site that leads you to the Audible page, and you get a free. You can sign up for a free download, a free audiobook. And that's cool because I listen to. I've completely stopped listening to music unless I'm watching a music documentary, but it's just audiobooks and podcasts now. So I, I feel good having Audible as a sponsor because I can actually say audiobooks I've yeah. listened to, of which our listeners can go listen to, that might be a movie theme. Mm-hmm. And the last one I listened to, which wasn't a 100% movie theme, but was uh, Bob Saget's audiobook. But he did talk about 
his his film work and and directing Dirty Work mm-hmm. with Norm Macdonald and and his Ottawa connection because he met Norm at a stand up uh, stand up comedy okay, yeah. gig in Ottawa Whoa. when Norm was like nineteen or twenty and he was a grown up and Norm has become like he became Norm's like mentor and all and this now stuff. Norm is a grown up and now Norm <laughs> is like Norm Macdonald yeah so but Bob Saget's book's really good and he, and and man he went through some stuff which is family members dying yeah and his stuff, sister but, passed away yeah, yeah. And, and so he talks about that he talks about of course Full House and everything but. But I, I never watched Full House, so I don't I don't know that Bob Saget. I, I know that his Yeah, you did. You're well, just <laughs> Yeah, like, I watched every episode. But like he I, had, like I watched a handful. But I, it's I know not it. something in my mind. No, because like he has two careers. He has the, the funniest home video and full house. Funniest home videos was all of it for me. And then he has his R rated stand up comedy yeah. career. Mm. <laughs> and it's two different worlds. Yeah. But uh, but so if you if you want to go get a free book from Audible, that is one I can recommend. And or the Disaster Artist, the Tommy oh, the Disaster saga. Artist. Yeah, that is a great audiobook. The the only thing, and and I I will admit this, of as a Mayfair partner, I'm hesitant to tell people to listen to it because it makes Might you ruin not name. want to watch the room because it makes it sad. But it's it's a fascinating book, and uh, uh, I picked up a, a print copy when Greg was here mm-hmm. on his book tour. But I held out because I wanted to listen to the audiobook because Greg Which actually he narrates reads it. it. Yeah. yeah, and and man, if, if truth is stranger than fiction, that's the disaster artist. That's <laughs> something. But but yeah, and there's a ton of ton of books that I haven't listened to yet that I plan to. Like I want to listen to Pat Oswalt's new book. I've read it. Oh, You've read Silver, it. Yeah. Silver Screen Fiend. It's really good. Yeah. It's all about him in the '90s when he wanted to be a filmmaker. So he felt that if he just went to films, he went to the New Beverly. Yeah, and like kept a list, a diary of movies, like all these old movies, new movies that he went and saw. Yeah, and he felt that if he like absorbed enough cinema, he would become a filmmaker. Yeah, <laughs> which I think a lot wow. of people do. Yeah, it worked for yeah. Quentin Tarantino, but it hasn't worked for anyone else yet. <laughs> well, I presumably Tarantino learned the technical stuff. You know, it just doesn't yeah. like yeah. happen. I think I think well, a lot of filmmakers, even like Quentin Tarantino don't know the technical stuff, but they just surround themselves with crew well, members yeah, who do. Yes, if you can, mm-hmm. you that's can. what, yeah, that's what it is, basically. Like, Woody Allen doesn't know how to change a roll of film, you know, <laughs> like, it's like, or George Lucas might not necessarily know all the techie computer stuff, Yeah. but he kind of goes, make this happen, and then he gets some talented people to kind of sit around him and do it. Yeah. But, uh... So do you think that, like, if you can come up with a decent storyboard, you're okay? I think, well, well my, my example is, and I'm sure there's examples in all kinds of mediums, but not every, it's a minority of comic book writers are actually artists. So you need that team up, you yeah. know? Or some actors aren't writers or producers, or most producers aren't actors. So yeah. it's, it's a weird, any kind of collaborative medium like that. Or, or It'd be even, really difficult to know all the parts of oh, yeah. a, the job of making a movie. Well, even yeah. on a film crew, like there might be like, a sound technician who has been a sound guy for 20 years mm-hmm. who knows camera stuff but might not be able to jump up and be a director of photography right away, right. you know? Or I guess same in a hospital, right? Like somebody is the the, the broken bone specialist. Yeah, if you somebody... specialize in anesthesiology, that's yeah. not going to ask the bone doctor to yeah. take care of that. Or like like some really good filmmaker. Like, like some actors who have become filmmakers like Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much then. Or Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow That's still jokes about he doesn't know what lenses are, but yeah. he says, I want it to look like this. And his camera guys go, oh, like this? And they go, yep. 
<laughs> so. Yeah, having a good uh, DP is, you know, that's key. That's yeah. essential, yeah. And there are some who go back and forth, but it's just like, you know, some guys don't, some are writers who, and, and you know, movies are weird because it, it's not like, you know, if you want to be um, an architect, you kind of go A, B, C, D, or if you're a doctor. But if you want to be a director, you could go to film school, but you could do just as well, especially nowadays, doing independent stuff and putting it on YouTube, or you could go become an actor, or you could be a production assistant and work your way up through the ranks. Yeah. Like, there's no Well, yeah, judging by my ex-boyfriend, yeah. school doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, like, I went to film school, and I had a good time, but, man, if I was giving someone advice today, I would say, for that much money, you could go and get, you know... God, you can you know edit on your laptop and film on your your cell phone, and make all the mistakes, make a bunch of short films, do a bad music video, do whatever, but learn that way. Oh, and then your portfolio sort of yeah. illustrates your progress, I guess. And by doing that, you you meet wannabe actors in the neighborhood. You then go you know hold a boom pole for somebody else's short film or be an extra in somebody else's short film. So, man, nowadays like we have that community in Ottawa. Oh yeah, very much like with yeah. with Saw Video and Ifco and stuff like that, and, yeah. and we have so many short film things that kind of roll through here. Yeah. And, and Well, uh, and uh, a lot of the local productions, you'll see a lot of the same actors and stuff like that. They're all friends, so even yeah. if they're not in the movie, it's like, well, you were in my last movie, so I'm going to come see this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like I've done... It's funny. I missed out on being an extra in one of Lee's movies, and I think it might have been because I was down at San Diego, but he needed an extra just to be, like, killed or something in one of his movies. <laughs> So this is, year, this is before Mayfair. This is way yeah. before. But um, he asked me to be an extra, and I couldn't do it. Um, but then, like, I have people where I've worked on their projects, and then they do something for me. And it, go, it just all goes back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, any small community of filmmakers has that, I think, and it's great. And, so, like, I, like, back in the 60s and 70s, when nobody wanted to be a filmmaker, when, you know, when George Lucas and, uh, you know, all these people went to a film school... They were nerds. They were nerds. <laughs> and it, was like, it wasn't hip. Yeah, and it was just a class. It was like, oh, am I going to take art history or am I going to take film? And they kind of took film. Yeah. And like as an elective? Pretty, well, like, when, like all those guys who were in like Californian um, film schools back in the, in the 60s, like George Lucas did not want to be a filmmaker when he grew up. He wanted to play with cars. Like he wanted to be a, a, a like, like Ameri- a mechanic? Kind of, because like American Graffiti was his story, and so yeah. all those cars yeah. and that. And he went to film. He went to school because he's a he's Californian, but it wasn't like he wasn't like eight years old and doing you know stop motion animation or or you know doing stuff like that. Like he just became a filmmaker in his teens essentially. Whereas now I think there's much more of that. You know, people when they're kids like dreaming and working towards that goal. Speaking of that. Um Alain Miguelas, who wrote the book A Theater Near You oh, yeah. that we use for Doors Open Ottawa all the time, stopped by with his son yesterday. Oh, cool. Um, saying they made a short movie. Oh. So, like, and the kid is, he's pretty small. I don't know, I'd say eight? Yeah. Ten? Yeah. You know? But he well, was like, look. we're making a movie. Can we play it here? Oh, yeah. And he was like, email Lee. Of Man. course we can. We, uh, I forget the name of the school, but my friends, a couple of my fake nieces are in a school <laughs> And uh, my, my non-blood relation nieces, uh, where they do animation every year, and they've come to the Mayfair uh, here yeah. 
the last three years. Yep. And um, my favorite bartender at the Manx's daughter. Oh, cool. Also, yeah. is at the same school. But man, it's like the most fun. It's so, and, and they we we it's packed because I guess I don't know how it it works out, but it's like in each art class or in each, you know, they, they have groups of four kids or five kids and they kind of do different projects and they range from... They're all different ages. All different so ages, so like a kindergarten to grade, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's not like a grade six project or yeah. something like that. And it ranges from like collage to traditional animation to like Legos and, and Play-Doh and whatever. But a lot of it's like really smart stuff. And it's because, and I was chatting with one of the teachers about it, it's like shot on an iPhone and edited on a laptop and the kids can do it fairly well because it's like the like the books, like editing for dummies, like it's filmmaking for dummies. Like yeah. things have become like it's easier to learn and, and yeah. pick things up really quickly now. Well, like the same thing that that you're using to do your kids' ballet recital is the same thing that J.J. Abrams is using to edit Star Wars, just not mm -hmm. quite as fancy. Yeah. But like the same point and click and the same kind of logos and the same like it, it's very similar. I feel like they've simplified a lot of things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially recently. And like and and like when I was in high school, we did some film stuff, but it was like sixteen millimeter like it was sixty millimeter film and much more difficult and much oh more God. time consuming. Changing a roll of film in the camera oh. when oh. you're like shooting outside. Mm -mm. My my biggest stress at film school was not studying for exams or being away from home. I swear it was changing rolls of film. Yeah. Because you're out there with a bunch of students, nobody knows really what they're doing, and you're filming a short film project where if you mess up, you've just messed up all this work that everyone's Every done shot this morning. Counts. Oh yeah. my God. It's just this heart attack and you you kind of it's like you feel like you're diffusing a bomb because you, you you carefully take out the film and, and if you're if you can do it in a lab it's a lot easier, but sometimes you're doing it on location, you have right? To do it on the go, yeah. So you're sitting in like a restaurant where you're shooting like an overnight shoot and you're sitting at a table with your hands in this bag that's all done up with zippers <laughs> and duct bag, tape. Yeah. And you're trying to remember like, okay, this goes through this spigot and this goes here. And oh my God, it's the worst. And Hopefully so, I did it okay. So as much as I'm a film enthusiast and I appreciate the tradition of screening 35 millimeter film, I look at digital film and, and I've sh shot on digitally and I'm just yeah. like, oh man, this is easier. This oh. saves so <laughs> many heart attacks. Yeah, because like, there's just all these stories of like, of you do all this work and, the, and especially like if you were filming in like the desert or a spaghetti western where the film would just like melt. Disintegrate in <laughs> yeah. the air, yeah. But yeah, so the part of me where I'm like, yeah, I'm all for the digital revolution, and I don't, I don't want to cut up old films with chainsaws, but no. I'm, I'm, I'm all for this. Makes it easier, makes it easier for kids to come and, and do things like yeah. that. So, but uh, yeah, and and so I like when we show these short films and kids stuff and all that kind of stuff. It's fun. So. I'm looking forward to the next one, whenever that may be. Yeah, and and uh, and it's easier for like slapping your stuff on YouTube. I keep on meaning to do that. It's on my list of things to do. I've just, I have a bunch of short films that I've kind of done the festival circuit, but nothing's really happening with them. And it's not going to hurt just to kind of slap them on YouTube. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, but it's just, it's one of those, it's on my list. I got to do that. But just, and, and because then just, it's the one in a million chance if somebody sees that and goes, oh, come do more stuff. Yeah. But it's just fun to kind of have it out there so the actors can go and watch it. And I think there's a website called Ottawa Short Films. Yes. Yes, I don't know if it's still available, but, I think but a lot is. of a lot of uh, a lot of Ottawa short films are on there. Yeah, they, they, they were bugging me for stuff, and I shamefully <laughs> haven't given them anything yet. But uh, yeah, I should do that and get that on there too because it's it's uh, anytime we do like a short horror film festival or like the sexy film festival, it's just it's so much easier now because everybody, someone from Australia can can Dropbox you. Oh yeah, we get submissions stuff. from all over the place. Yeah, and 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 it's just 
and it's it, you you download it instead of having to put burn, burn it onto a DVD, which yeah, you know, could or be a few a years ago, like pay for the DVD, pay for the blah blah, yeah. pay for the shipping, have to redo it if you didn't uh, author it properly yeah. or whatever. Like imagine if you were, it's just a little before my time, but if you were submitting to Sundance in like the early '90s, and you're an independent filmmaker, like even like Kevin Smith style, and you had like one 35 millimeter version of your film that you spent thousands of dollars on yeah. and you're sending that to Sundance for consideration. Oh my God, that's a heart attack. I <laughs> couldn't, well, like even when Crispin Glover was here, going back to Crispin Glover yeah. again, he yeah. traveled with his films which is crazy in a suitcase. You yeah. know what I mean? He slept, presumably Two slept them. with them next to him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they stayed with him at all times, but I think he only has one copy. Yeah. Well, that's so, dedication. That's, yeah. you know, that's a real artist. And, it's, well, and, yeah. and it's, good, it's good on our side because when rumor has it he, he's, he's going to finish volume three sooner or later, we're going to end up being like the only theater in Canada that can show it because we have a 35 millimeter film projector yeah. because he's really stubborn about not going to, like you can't even get them on, it would be much more cost effective for him if he would sell these on Blu-ray or DVD, but he doesn't even do that. No. No. So it's, it's like you're never going to see this on TV, you're never going to see it on Blu-ray or Netflix or whatever. You can only see it at a 35 millimeter theater. So if you're a Crispin Glover fan and you live in like Calgary or Halifax, you you got to come here. Yeah, <laughs> you got to come to Ottawa, or maybe I don't know. I'm sure like Ottawa, Toronto, New York. Like there's there's a handful of cities with 35 millimeter possibilities. Yeah, now. I don't know who else is out there. I don't know. I got to look it up. I'm sure there must be a list. There must be a website of like 35 millimeter aficionados, yeah. right? Like, I, yeah. I think there's a Twitter. I think there's, there's a like message boards and stuff. Yeah. But um, the, uh, I was, I was, before we got distracted, I was going to joke with my opening statement of, uh, here we are to talk about our new Space Jam 2 podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're all very excited about the possibilities. <laughs> Except so for funny. me. Yeah. It, it, you don't like the beats? I don't like the what? <laughs> The, See, uh, I don't even know. Like, you I'm don't not. Like the soundtrack. The, I remember. Well, Mel and I genuinely better than the movie Space Jam. Oh. And <laughs> news hit Twitter. I think at, right after we we recorded our last podcast that um, LeBron James signed a movie deal with Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers renewed the license for the copyright license for Space Jam. So everybody was like, "Oh, Space Jam Two is going to happen now." Because I guess LeBron LeBron James is the only with a gun to my head is the only present day basketball player I could name I think <laughs> and it's just because well, I, at least on the I mean I guess he he's this generation's Michael Jordan I yeah think. and I've seen him on talk shows and now he's he's good in train wreck yeah he's I saw in, he's train wreck he's pretty good in that wait a minute how'd you see train wreck it's not at the Mayfair <laughs> I saw it at a I saw it at a <coughs> secret <laughs> underground bunker screen Judd Apatow's house Judd Apatow invited yeah Judd home. invited me over yeah that's okay then um but yeah, it's funny because, uh, and it was Bugs Buddy's 75th birthday a couple days ago, oh. so I posted a Space Jam photo just to be be a jerk. But <laughs> I was I thought more people would like pop up and be like, "How dare you put a Space Jam photo out of all the legendary things Bugs Bunny's That's been so in?" Funny. Nobody cared. No, it's fine. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, as per usual, to get on track here, we have. Oh, well, going back to the beginning, we've got two movie or uh, music documentaries. Yeah, which are Ottawa premieres. Yeah. Uh, starting with Salad Days. What's the full title? Salad Days. Salad Days, a decade of... Punk rock. In Washington, D.C., 1980 to 90. Very long title. I think. 
And uh, yeah, yeah, this is an interesting story. They kind of touch upon this in Dave Grohl's series, um, Sonic Highways, about how in the 80s, you know, Washington, D.C. was, you know, it's a strange city. It was like either you were very rich and part of the Washington establishment or you were just like dirt poor living in poverty. Yeah. And out of that grew, you know, this really solid punk scene, I guess. And uh, and speaking of Dave, Dave's, Dave Grohl's in the documentary. Yeah. Um, I saw the trailer for it. Plethora of others. Yeah, yeah, Henry Rollins and all kinds of cool people. But it's, it's people keep on commenting that we're, we're doing so many, we're, we're hosting so many music documentaries this year. And it's purely and coincidence. It's, 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 two it's, punk ones. Yeah. Two punk up. ones, yeah. Salad Days and then uh, the, the one about the damned later in August. Yeah. And then, and then like, as we speak, uh, by the time you listen to this, uh, we will have screened uh, the, the Kurt Cobain conspiracy soaked theory bleach, yeah. soaked in bleach, which they're going to come see tomorrow. Um, and then, so the, but so we have Salad Days coming up, and then we have Legends, Legends of Ska, which is a, as the title hints at, a movie about the history of ska music. From, from I think, specifically 1962 to 66, or like a tiny, tiny period like that. But Yeah. But... Um, apparently, it covers a lot. Yeah. Or, but, because a lot happened in that time. Yeah, it's one of those um, things where, like, in three or four years, a music genre was born and then grew grew yeah. out to all this different kind of pop music and 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 hip hop music and the, all this kind of different yeah. different stuff. The tagline is "Without ska, there is no reggae." Yeah. Oh, okay, because I was wondering, like, what's the difference between ska and reggae? Yeah. Like, so it, it started like, off with, like, Jamaican ska, yeah. from what I understand. Yeah. Um, but this is what the documentary's about. Yeah. I, and, and what I always find interesting is, is um, if you're a film fan or a documentary fan specifically, you can, I can, go see a documentary about something I'm not really that attached to. I might to. know, like, two things, yeah. Like, say, like, country music. Like, I... I bear no ill will to country music, but I don't have a giant record library at home. But I can still come see a documentary about country music and find it fascinating. Uh, this, actually, it's a save, the same association with, like, sports. I got nothing for sports. Me neither. I know there's a cute guy who plays for the Blue Jays, and he yeah. lives in his van. That's all what? I know. That's great. <laughs> in a van down by the river. He has a shit ton of money, and all he did with it was buy a van and live in it. That's it's awesome. That'd be a good documentary. Yeah, I want to know about. That's him. what Josh would do. He'd li- he'd grab a van and he'd park it like across the street from here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but there is a guy who has a brown Westphalia and a matching van who parks what? literally across the street all the time. You need to steal it. I saw a car yesterday, completely off topic, with grass all over it. Like so, it was a little like Volkswagen buggy kind of car, and it had like astroturf all over it. And I'm, was, was, was Ed Begley Jr. driving it? I don't know. I don't know if it was like a, a, a for a front lawn company or for like a, but it was covered in, it just drove by and like my brain was like, did I just see that or am I heat stroked right now? I don't know. But <laughs> man, oh, if, I, if I had a cool well. van, I would want to put like a 1970s like rock and roll slash Star Wars motif painted on the side of it. And you'd have like a, a, a spiral waterbed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be picking up checks in your Chevy <laughs> van. <laughs> Don't tell Gwen. <laughs> um, but yeah, so ska, which is something that I'm not. Again, like I'm, 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 I'm more and more falling off of music altogether, just because I'm so distracted with podcasts. Yeah. But it's just it's interesting characters. It's an interesting bit of history of of pop culture, music culture, and I always find that that the the documentary subjects are always amazing characters and fascinating people. Uh, so it's interesting that we keep on getting these these country, ska, punk, 
rock and roll documentaries. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think there might be more. Oh, there is another one on the horizon because we have the Amy Winehouse documentary. You are right. Which mm-hmm. is more somber and sad, but I think will still be filled with some we'll great music. But we'll have a great soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and she had, what, like two albums? And I think, yeah. Sadly had the, the, that bizarre 27-year-old curse and, and died. And oh, it's just, but, but I remember, like, her songs were about drugs and rehab. Mm-hmm. And there was just a sense of like, oh, I, 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 these are making good songs, but I hope you get helped. It was great to dance to her music at the yeah. bar. And then it, but it, it didn't work yeah. out. Ironically. Yeah. <laughs> But we have that coming up uh, August 7th. So that's another documentary on the horizon of uh, music-themed. Um, but back to this week. Back to this week, we have Jimmy's Hall. The new Ken Loach movie from uh, the director of Kess and Win That Shakes the Barley. Win That Shakes the Barley, yeah. And I should, Which... a, I should point out that I, ha- I don't think I've seen a Ken Loach movie. Ever, well, ever? What no. was his big breakthrough movie, like years and years and years ago? Because he's done like a ton of award-winning kind of, or maybe I have. I'd have to look him up Did on the internet machine. The no, I know. Wasn't that like a big winner at Cannes? Yeah. Yeah, and this. Yeah, it was pretty huge. And I forget, but I think this one won some awards again as well. And it's a, it's a. Uh, it's got a couple. Irish. So this is yeah. So this is set in 1920s Ireland, and this gent decides. Oh to no, set that's up. not. I have seen a Ken Loach movie. I've seen Angel Share. Which I think was his last movie, about the uh, the kids who pull a uh, whiskey uh, heist. Yeah. Oh they yeah. Want, they want to steal here. this like super. That was great. Movie. Ancient whiskey. Yeah, we had that here. That yeah. was really yeah. great. And just look at his IMDb, and it says uh, winner. Forty nine credits. And and winner of it was like eighty something awards. So yeah, so he has he has a good career behind him. Uh, but full the, house. <laughs> not that full. <laughs> yeah, he's done a lot TV of television. Series. Yeah. That'd be funny. The award, um, the award-winning filmmaker and creator of Full House. <laughs> Wait, that's not true. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Jimmy's so two, and then another period piece we have this week, Mad Max. Mad <laughs> Max. <laughs> yeah, we've got three war movies, starting with Jimmy's Hall. Jimmy's Hall. During the Depression and going into the Civil War in Ireland. Wow, that is that is three war movies. Swift, Swift. I'm doing it again. Okay, do it in so French. We can't Save say this French. title. You only you can. Swift. There you go. Very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet Francaise is about uh, World War II romance. It's based on um, a series of books that was started, that was written by a woman circa circa World War II who was living it, and then she got sent off to Auschwitz. Yeah. Um, But she entrusted her daughters with her notebooks, who thought they were diaries. Um, and then they published them, I think, in 2005 oh, yeah. or something like That's a, that. Yeah, I read about that. That's amazing. That So these were written decades ago, mm-hmm. but sat on a shelf, and then finally got published, and then became, like, bestsellers. Yeah. And it's... it's. Um, so this is an adaptation of those books. Yeah. And, and it's, a, a, is it a, it's a love story between a German officer who doesn't and like the French Nazis girl. and a French girl. Well, he is a Nazi. He is a Nazi. He's appointed he's a, to live at her house. He's a reluctant Nazi. A reluctant Nazi? Is that, he's is, just, I don't I think don't that he, no, I, he's a full-blown Nazi. Like or is he a German soldier? Well, like, weren't there the German, there was, wasn't there like the German army and the... Yeah, I don't know. I have to see the movie. Yeah. But yeah, so it's... In any case. 
But yeah, just, I mean, that's... She's what, like, well, he's not so bad for a Nazi, I guess. And my husband's gone, and he's unfaithful, Have you so. ever seen the it's movie Black... Handsome. Have you ever seen the movie Black Book by Paul Verhoeven? No. No. Which is about um, a Jewish woman who poses as a Gentile and falls in... She ends up in a romance with oh, a, yeah. a Nazi. Oh, And wow. he's kind of portrayed as, like, a decent guy. I think he's he doesn't care about the Nazi Was movement. that done before or after his Hollywood run? Uh, this was fairly recent, a few okay, years ago. Yeah, it's so a it very was, good movie. So it was after and the Canadian like, army shows up in it at the end, oh. and they're portrayed as like the biggest jerks. Oh. <laughs> it's like, wow. That's not fair. So this was after his <laughs> run of like Total Recall, Ro- Robocop, Robocop, and, and yeah, all that Basic kind of Instinct. Um, and then the other war film we have is the Mad Max Fury Road. Probably a, the best movie of the year. A, a, Agreed. A small art house picture <laughs> that has uh, really needs to get some more money behind it. And Absolutely. Hasn't been praised okay, very highly. Okay, but to be highly. fair, there are people who are waiting to see it here. Oh, yeah. Man, I love people. Which is I lo- yeah. amazing. So, so it hit Facebook and Twitter yesterday. And, and, and we always tell people, I know it might be frustrating, but when you say, are you going to play Mad Max a month ago, the answer is we don't know because there's all these different factors. There, but obviously like, our fingers are crossed. Yeah, we hope to. and so Which we, is good because it creates an anticipation. Yeah, yeah. I just always hate breaking someone's heart. So I'm like, we don't know. We hope to. Yeah. But And I think people are more and more learning, understanding our side of the, 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 the table of being like, it's not that easy. We can't just go, hey, we're going to show Mad Max this Friday. And then the powers that be go, okay. Like we have to make, we got to get permission. We got to make sure it's not, you know past the window if they just care about it being out to DVD now or whatever, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But So we have Mad Max for three nights, and a number of people have either seen it and are going to come see it here, or we're holding out to see it here, yeah. which is awesome. Because it really is like that kind of movie, I think, I think every kind of movie serves better played at the Mayfair, but that kind of fun um, cult kind of by-mistake hit movie. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's fun to see here, and in in, in glorious two D, in, in in not in three D. The way it was meant to be seen in two D. Yeah. yeah, Even the director, I think, came out and was like, "Yeah, I didn't want this to be three D, didn't he?" So mm-hmm. I think even George Miller was like, "Does anybody really want anything in three D?" I don't know. I don't James know. James Cameron, and I think that's it. I think it's James Cameron and the major studios. Yeah, it's all James Cameron's yeah. fault. It's all James, like, but it For is that less. extra three dollars a ticket for I, cheap I, glasses. I forget the statistics, but. Like, a couple years ago, it, it boomed, and it was, like, 75 80% of people going to the multiplex were going to 3D, mm-hmm. and now it's gone down to, like, 35 or 40%, so it is skewing. Um, but you'll see it, like, they're trying to take away that option for people at multiplexes, so they're just doing, like, it's only 3D. Yeah. And, like, I could put up with 3D, I just don't like it, but I have... Uh, oh, a friend who, my friend John, it makes him like seasick. Like he, he yeah, can't I feel that. do it. And then, and if you're, you, I have glasses. And yeah, I don't want to wear glasses over my glasses. Yeah, and and then like a lot of filmmakers have said, it's done best with like the perfect bright bulb and a silver screen, which those two things are rarely at the multiplexes. Yeah. and we don't have those. Yeah, and we oh, yeah we and have a bright bulb, I'm sure, but we don't have. And a then you're putting screen. on a pair of sunglasses. So it's a pair of dark glasses, which is, especially if you're watching, say, a slightly darker film like, like Harry Potter, it just muddies things up. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I've never, I could, when it started, whenever it was 10 years ago, I was like, oh, cool. But then quickly, I was, I, I'd see movies here, like we screen Avengers or any animated movie we screen, like Despicable Me or Lego, 
two D is fine. Two D is is. Yeah. When it, they started doing three D again, I was working at Rito at the time, and I had a lot of parents call and be like, "Are you? Do you have three D?" And it was like, "No, I don't." And then I'd get the response of like, "Cool, my uh-huh. son has epilepsy, oh, so man. I'm definitely <laughs> coming to see it at your theater." Yeah. You know. Yeah. From watching t- too much three D. No, just. <laughs> No, but they can't handle 3D. Yeah. So it would never be across the board, I don't think. Yeah, and and um, so yeah, so Mad Max Fury Road in 2D. Uh, we For have three a, screenings on three, Saturday. And a nice kind of reasonable early late shows at 8:45. So even if you have to work in the morning, it's not like they're not like midnight shows. So you can come and check them out, and um, and we'll have to play it loud. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but Marcus did something with the subwoofer, so everything is like, (laughs) the bass is really bassy. It's nice. So if we show any of the Hollywood trailers right now, it'll have that that weird, I don't know what sound it is, but it's like that, (laughs) boom. Well, I I haven't been noticing. I mean, we show a lot of quiet movies, right? Yeah. So I've only really noticed it. I really noticed it with that Russell Crowe movie, The Water Diviner, which was like, had an amazing... But I think he had just did the thing with yeah. the subwoofer at that point in time, and so it was like, Bleh. yeah. Well, there's a sound. So hopefully, we get that with Pat Max. <laughs> Where did I see it? It might have been on on, on uh, at midnight. They did a montage because Hollywood, has, you know, is often lazy, and they it's been pointed out that like ten movie trailers currently all have that same sound in it. That, oh, like the like horror movie, like yeah. That, that, I think I don't know if it's like. A musical instrument that's like like a horn, or if it's a um, like a horn from like a lighthouse or something. Mm. But it's, it, I remember first hearing it in like Pacific Rim, maybe and so that. But it's just this like bow, and it really yeah. shakes you. But it's currently in like Suicide Squad, Batman, Superman. Like it's it's like in, anything in, actiony. Anything actiony has that wow, and they put here the montage, and it was just wow, wow, wow. Yeah, I've also noticed. Okay, so like. In the Dark Knight Rises, the yeah. sound oh, that his wheels make when yeah. he like does—I can't even. You, oh no, yeah, da, 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 da. yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, that I've noticed a lot in a lot of things since then too. Well, and it's funny because back in the day, the score—I I could be wrong about this, but I, I believe it's the score for um, Aliens. No, Aliens. Back in the oh, day, okay. that score, which is kind of just like a fast kind of piano, is and and that was used. In like every trailer for like two years after that. Yeah. Yeah, you're so, talking about that that one particular track in Aliens, the doom, 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 doom. Yeah. Doom. And yeah. so maybe that's just like history repeating itself. So now that air horn is being used in everything over yeah. and over again. But even like pop songs, you'll see like a pop song will hit, and then it'll be in like ten trailers, and not even necessarily on the soundtrack. Like it's just used for the trailer alone. Yeah. And so. Oh. That reminds me of how weird I felt when, okay, so the trailer for Requiem for a Dream had the same song in it as Sunshine. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It sort of made me feel weird because Cillian Murphy is in both. Oh, yeah. He's not in Requiem for for a Dream. No, you're right. That's, uh, what's his name? But I think it's because he, like, reminded me of him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, there definitely is a repeat... Or like, man, I, I, I love him, and, and I would, you know, if I ever met him, I wouldn't tease him about it, but I love Danny Elfman. But I slightly ruined Danny Elfman's scores for my, my fiance Gwen, who, who's, she, she's a music person, and she, and she, she knows all the, the people who do the scores, and, and she, she, she can play all these instruments herself, all that kind of stuff. But I pointed out that the lyrics to every Danny Elfman song could be, 
Danny Elfman, Danny Elfman, Danny yeah. Elfman, Danny Elfman. And then a little while after that, we watched something, and she was like, oh, no. And it's Didn't like, you guys go see Danny Elfman at the NAC? Like, not him, but, like, the orchestra doing his music? No, we saw... We saw John Williams. Oh, right. But then Sorry. we saw, we, we did see a geek night, which was kind of like a montage of like all these. So it was like a soup. They had, it had Batman and Star Trek and Lord of the Rings, whatever. So that was in there too. So it sounds great and I love it. And I, and I, I don't know what that is called. I'm sure, I don't know anything about music that could call like a, that's called a three fourth time yeah. or whatever. But Danny Elfman has four syllables and it could be the lyrics to most of his songs. That's so funny. Uh, most of his, and he, he has some diversity to him and I love him. Like I love, I love, Batman and, and more recently he he's not more recently. I like Oingo Boingo, his rock yeah. the rock yeah. band. <laughs> and 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 uh uh Wee's Big Adventure, of course, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, the lyrics I, I just picture him saying his own name while he writes his music down on paper. <laughs> well he, he he sung in uh his band Oingo Boingo. Yes. And they're in the movie Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he does a he does a song, like a rock song for the movie Wanted, which he did the score for. Oh. It's called The Little Things. Yeah. It's a good song. And and he did uh, Weird Science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and That's I believe right. that was still Oingo Boingo. Yeah. But then since then, his his vocals are few and far in between. Like he did Nightmare Before Christmas, where he actually did the vocals for Jack Skellington, but not the acting. He just did the the songs. Uh, and then he might have done some for Corpse Bride as well. But uh, but yeah, I love him. But there's definitely a. a but I, it's like you know, my favorite band's the Ramones, and all their songs are the same, and I love them. So I, I'm not I'm not criticizing Danny. I'm just saying there definitely is a, a tempo to his That's music. That's so funny. But uh, but yeah, so we have three, two, one futuristic war film and two period war films coming up this week, uh, the week of July 31st to August 6th. Um, and and they, we've got more Ottawa premieres. Yeah, and then we, just today, this morning, I, I sat at home and worked on. The posters for oh Unity. I was gonna say there's about eighty people oh that God. emailed us about Unity. Yeah, we're playing it. <laughs> yeah, so 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 be you know do know that we do listen. Yeah, and hopefully definitely when, we do. Hopefully when we take your suggestions, you then come. Yeah, <laughs> and because because I will I could. Mel and I will just have a podcast where I complain about nobody coming to Goonies and she complains about nobody coming to Hook, and yeah. that'll just be the podcast. Andrew can pick a movie that nobody came to that he wanted to do better, but... Uh, oh, I'd have to think of one. Yeah. But I'm sure there's a few. But Unity, I think, like, right away... I, I, was, I was curious when I, when I put it on Facebook and I, I just... The little mock-up poster with the premiere dates and I put the YouTube trailer on there and, like, bam, right away, um, uh, a fan, a woman came on and was like... Thank you. What are you showing this... And I, and I explained, like, oh, we will know the Monday before the exact dates, but I double-checked with Lee, our programmer, and he said they'll, they'll be in, like, the, the 6.37-ish time slot. So I told her that at least, so I said, you can plan for that. But yeah. I said, it'll just depend on what plays before or after. It could be 6.30, could be 7, you know. Yeah. But it's, it's basically a, um, uh, a Save the World documentary. Mm -hmm. And with... Uh, well, it's all about consciousness, right? Yeah. Like, we're all connected. Yeah, and, 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 uh, and it has, like... Um, it, it's kind of gimmick is it has a hundred narrators. Celebrity narrators. Which, which does mean that it just meant very small work output for everyone involved. So instead yeah. of saying like, hey, Jeff Goldblum, we need you to sit here <laughs> for four days or five days and record this, it could be like, hey, can you come in for eight minutes? So I, I don't know. Can you come in and record one sentence of this script? Yeah. And, and, but it's a hundred people over like a, I think the movie's about that long. So that That's means so cool. that Probably everybody has a little like 
and then this happened, and then this, but, so it's one of those, and, and what's interesting is, is it's um, the two dates that we have it for, August 15th and 16th, if I remember correctly, that's like a worldwide thing. So like, cool. it's, it's like, it's these two days come out, uh, and I'm sure they'll have all kinds of like. And we'll literally be connected. Whoa. <laughs> and then we'll all listen to, and, and the list is like, it's crazy. It's like, it's Ben Kingsley, it's Jeff Goldblum, it's Kristen Wiig, it's Common, uh, uh, Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix. Um, Joking. Do you just Joking. Call Joking. Joking. I can't Joking pronounce Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin. 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 Like Wookie. Somebody said like yeah. Wookie. Joaquin. There's a J in there. It confuses me. Just spell it W A L K. I just call him Leaf. That's his real name, right? What's his name? Leaf Erickson. Leaf. Leaf. Leaf was his name before he. Yeah. Because it was. Yeah, they had hippie dippy parents. And there's another actor too, right? It's it's River. Summer. 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 Yeah. And then poor poor River didn't make it. I feel like there's a rain also. I think so. I think there's four. And they're all still out there. But yeah, so we have yeah. Unity, which is this like, save the world, go look at the website, documentary about trying to be better people. Um, and then the other one we booked is... The Look of Silence? Look of which Silence. Which is the follow-up to The Act of Killing. Oh. Which is a crazy movie. Which is movie. a really crazy, insane... Without even watching the trailer, this looks creepy yeah. as shit. And I believe now, if you want to watch Act of Killing before coming to see this one, I think they just like put it on their website. Like I think you can just go to the Act of Killing website and watch it. I'm pretty sure. Whoa. Like they, they, what's the word? Like they, 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 they. It's legally up on YouTube or like whatever. They're giving it away now. Yeah, they just wanted to kind of share it. So I think cool. I, I believe you can go watch it via YouTube without feeling bad about stealing stuff. You know, like it was, like today, like it wasn't on purpose, but today we put up, uh, Ian put up on Facebook or sorry on Twitter. Um, if you love dope, go check out the, the soundtrack. soundtrack. And and he, I just think he wasn't thinking, and, and he put the link to YouTube. And so I, I replied to him, I said, because I know sometimes people do put stuff on YouTube, like a band, and I said, is this on YouTube by the dope production company, yeah. or did a fan put this up? And and he was like, oh, I, my mistake, I, I didn't know. So basically I took it down and re-put up the same thing, but just with the iTunes link. Because I know that's legit, you know. Yeah. But yeah. it's hard to say now because sometimes people will put up, you know, their film or music video or whatever on YouTube. Or a band will put something on YouTube and say, here's our album, please buy a t-shirt or a ticket to our concert. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so. But, um, but yeah, so I think Act of Killing is on. It's out there somewhere to watch for, for, for free, I believe. And it's well worth seeing. Yeah, and it's it's like... And so I don't know anything about this new one. Do you know about this new one? Uh, very little, but it's something about uh, a young man whose father or grandfather was murdered. Yeah. And it's some sort of family connection between, I don't know, I should look it up. And it's again presented again, like, by um, <laughs> Werner Herzog? Uh, Joshua Oppenheimer is the, uh, is the filmmaker. Yeah. And I think Werner is like... Yeah, he presented the first one, presents. yeah. Some, he has but some, it's all about you know genocide and and uh, heavy heavy subject, but the ramifications of that uh, throughout the the decades. Yeah, and the first one was nominated despite its kind of controversial nature. It got nominated for yeah. An Oscar. I mean, a lot of people thought it was great and it had a great message, and then I think other critics were saying it's really exploitive. Yeah, like oh, they you know they're active killing the premises that these people who committed genocide in uh, where is it again? I'm not sure. Um, we don't need facts. We're, we're so uneducated. We're a podcast. We just talk about things. 
you can go look at it on your computer. Uh, the filmmaker gets them to reenact the genocide that they committed, yeah. but with costumes mm -hmm. and to, to make it look like you know a Hollywood production. Yeah. And it's they get really excited about it because they, they see themselves as heroes. It's insane. But by yeah. recreating it and then watching it themselves, they get haunted by it. Yeah. They start to, their conscience gets the better of them. Yeah. So, no, the, uh, let's see here. Through Joshua Oppenheimer's work, filming perpetrators of the Indonesian genocide, there, there we go. go, a family of survivors discovers how their son was murdered and the identity of the men who murdered him. The killers live just down the road and have been in power ever since the genocide. Crazy. Yeah, right. so it's, uh, what time are we at? It's oh, just about go time. It's just about go time. We got to go and like. First movie starts at what time? 4.30. 4.30. So we got to go get oh. ready and get things. I just, man, today is, I don't know if this weather's going to keep going, but everyone should just come to the Mayfair and sit I'm, in air conditioning. I've strapped an ice pack to each oh. of my cats. Like, <laughs> oh. I'm not even joking, and they love it. Gypsy, my little rat terrier dog, is just like, Laying on the couch with her tongue out, just like, I think I'm gonna like throw in the bathtub or something. But it's oh, just, I did that oh. to the cats last night too. Don't <laughs> try it at home. Uh, but like, I walked, I biked here and not a long bike ride, like 10 minutes. And like, just walking in our front door was just like, oh yeah, this is a better place to be. Yeah. So, well, when you walk right through our doors, the air conditioning hits you from the ceiling. The There's magic a vent. vent. Yeah. The magic vent as you stand in front of the box office. People will come in and want to just stand there for 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. So you can go stand there. sweet spot. Get you acclimated. Then you can come in. Yeah. So you're not, not uh, too... It's great. It, re it reminds you right away, yes, we are air conditioned. Yeah. <laughs> like a slap in the face. <laughs> like a cold slap in the face. Wonderful cold slap in the face. <laughs> the best one, though. Okay. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll uh, see you in a week for our next. Uh, what is it going to say? Podcast. Our, our, next our next installment. Our next installment. Our, our next fact-filled. Yeah. <laughs> and check us out on Twitter at Mayfair Theater, MayfairTheater.ca. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Everywhere. Uh, Mostly though, just stay cool. Stay yeah. cool. Go to House of Targ. Don't uh, don't self-combust. Get an Audible audiobook. Then yeah. come to the Mayfair. So you go to House of Targ. Get an audiobook from Audible. Come to the Mayfair. Come see Mad Max. Come see Mad Max. For the fourth time. And I'll be seeing and it. Sixth. I'll be seeing it for the third time. So hashtag Space Jam 2. <laughs> Get more out of life. Go out to a movie. <laughs>